0: Well, good day to you. This is I Love to Tell the Story. This is a podcast for praise, or we just love to give God the glory and share wonderful stories about the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our theme verse is from Psalm 145, verse 4, which says, One generation shall praise your works to another and declare God's mighty acts. I'm Pastor David Collins from Roseville Baptist Church, and I am excited to be joined today by Pam Bowen, who has recently become a member of Roseville Baptist Church, and we are so glad that you you found us throughout the pandemic and our outdoor church services. What was that like, kind of having church outdoors?
1: What a blessing. Yeah, I was going to mention that in the uh, podcast that I was at home in my backyard, and I heard Christian praise music. And I thought, it's either the rapture or there's praise music coming from somewhere. <laughs> and and so I just made a note to myself, hmm, it's Sunday morning. I'm going to see what happens next Sunday morning. And so I listened again, and I heard music. And I said, well, I'm going to go over and see what it is. So I walked around the block, and and I just saw it. And it was the most wonderful Uh, exciting view I could think of. It was like, man, church in the field. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. And they were setting up the chairs and setting up the umbrellas and the music folks were practicing. It's like, I'm going. I'm going. And so I told my husband, I says, I don't know if you're going to go, but I'm (laughs) going to go. And that was the first Sunday that I came, and I've been coming every Sunday since. And I just church in the field is very special
0: yeah very special yeah we are looking forward to having our church on the field once again as the spring weather warms back up and as we head into summer i think it's going to be a a great time to really again reach this community and just let people know that we love jesus
1: and keep that music loud
0: because
1: (laughs) (laughs) the louder it is the more people will come
0: all right yeah well, hey, I, I'm so glad you were able to join us today for the program and that you were willing to share your story about what Jesus has been doing in your life. So why don't you go ahead and share with us what, uh, what God's been doing in, in your heart?
1: Well, the first thing I wanted to talk about is something that all of us can do to reflect on kind of what God has done in our lives, and that is to make a timeline hmm. of your own life. And you draw a straight line across a piece of paper. And on one end, you put birth. And on the other end, you put death. And somewhere along that timeline, you put the cross of Jesus Mm. when you first met Jesus. And then looking at that timeline, it helps you identify uh, the time before Jesus when you may have been depressed, you may have been fearful, you may have lived a life of anger, oppression, I mean just all the negatives of life mm-hmm. and they were they were coming from every direction uh before i became a christian it, my life was very very dark and uh and then on the other side of the cross is where you reflect and you think about your new life your new spirit your new focus which is for myself to serve your new days that are gifts from god your new seasons in life, which, yeah, there's seasons in life for Mm -hmm. sure, and new relationships and especially that new heart that God gives you. And when you put notes on a piece of paper on that line, it just helps open your eyes Mm. to the darkness that you were in and the light and the love and the joy and the peace now that you have Jesus in your heart. And so, uh, yeah, I just I shared that this past week with some of the women, and uh, I think they re- really uh, understood how good it is to reflect.
0: Mm. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing. It's so great when we get a chance to meditate just for a few moments on all that God has done and where he, he found us and what he rescued us from and what he has allowed us to overcome. And then sometimes you can feel overwhelmed in, your, in the moment, whatever trial you're going through, you feel like, I can't escape this. I can't get out of this. But then when you remember back to everything God has already brought you through and having something like that, a timeline where you see it right in front of your face, I think it's helpful to really then say, okay, if God got me through that, he can get me through this too. And it can give you that hope. And when we have hope and we don't get hopeless or when we don't despair, that's, that's, that's a tragic place to feel.
1: And it's a battle every day. Yeah. I mean, I don't get up every morning, uh, just full of the Lord's joyfulness. Sometimes I get up and it's a battle. I -hmm. put on the armor. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm ready for battle,
1: you know? (laughs) And, uh, yeah so I mean but every day is different and every every person's life is different
0: that's right yeah and with that a part of this is you know sharing your story so how did how did Jesus where where's the cross on your timeline of your life
1: yeah that's an interesting way of putting it the cross on my timeline is uh, it's a pretty unique story I I was in a very dark depressed, oppressed place. And I was doing some very unhealthy things. And my husband was very concerned. So he, bless his heart, he called up our, we were military. So he called up the chaplain and he said, you know, Pam is in a bad, bad place. Mm. And so the chaplain came over and I was totally You know, it's like, well, I respect him for what his job is, but he's not going to tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) I respect everybody's job, but don't tell me to do that. Right. And um, But he prayed. The chaplain prayed with my husband, and I was literally laying on the floor, and I was listening. And uh, the chaplain said, I really want to set up some time to talk with Pam. And I'm thinking, forget this, you know. And so they... My husband and the chaplain set up a time, and and I went. And that's again when I told the chaplain, do not preach to me because (laughs) I do not believe in what you believe in because I didn't. I did not believe that how could there be a God, you know. And um, so after a few meetings with the chaplain, he was really impressing on me how I had to be my best friend, you know. Can't depend on other people to be friends. I have to be a friend to myself. And I thought this is... It was just weird. So I was out one day taking a walk, and we were in Scotland at the time. Oh my gosh! If hmm. you ever have a chance to go to Scotland, I say to go. It's the most beautiful place. It's
0: on the bucket list for my wife and me. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Yeah. There you
1: go. So I was walking this country road, and I decided, hmm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test. I'm this God person. If there really is a God, hmm. he's got to pass my test. And that's, that's not full of myself at all, is it? <laughs> so, so I did. I was praying. I didn't pr- it wasn't prayer. I just was speaking the words. And I said, God, if you are real, you have to show me how mm-hmm. you're real. Mm-hmm. I can't believe in you unless you show yourself. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like that. My son, my youngest son is a lot like that. He, unless he sees, he can't believe you know so um so i was out in this country road and i looked off in this far off field green pastures and way over on a hill was a group of cows Mm. and cows usually stay in a group that's what i've come to understand they stay in their little group one cow turned around looked straight at me across the fence and walked ambled across this field and came straight to me. All the other cows stayed over there. <laughs> this one cow came up to the fence, looked in my eyes with that cow's eyes. And I was like, it was God's eyes. It was like, this is very unusual. And, okay, this is <laughs> God proving himself. I am in this cow also. I created this cow. And... Um, and it was like, wow, this is interesting. And the cow had a little tag in its ear. It was number 41. And I still remember it had a little tag, number hmm. 41. But uh, its eyes were just, I can't even describe the love and the depth and the, just the nature in that cow's eyes. Hmm. And so then I turned around and I looked up on the other side of the road and here's these mountains and hills. And when I got home, I did one of those, open the Bible and see what's there. Yeah. You know? So my husband had a Bible, and I opened it up, and it was to Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills, and from whence does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Wow. And that was the confirmation. Mm. You know? So, yeah. So it's a cow story. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, but it was at that moment I knew God was real. How yeah. could He not be real? Yeah. And uh, of course, you know, I was a baby then, baby Christian. But uh, grace of God, here yeah. I am today.
0: Wow. You know, it's interesting. I the more that I walk with the Lord, and the the more that I've been in ministry, I've been able to have what I call like my Bible coming alive moments. And as you're sharing that story about the cow, I'm thinking, wow, that story in the Old Testament about Balaam and the donkey and the, you know, he's hitting the donkey and the donkey turns around and says, why are you hitting me? Why you? you, know, the donkey's talking to him and you're telling the story about this cow that just walks over and it's just, God is using everything around us to reveal himself to us. I mean, that's, that's Romans one coming alive. The invisible God is seen in creation itself and I don't think you were entirely wrong in saying, "Okay, God, prove yourself to me. Uh, show show yourself to be real." And I think there have been other characters throughout the Bible that have done things like that. I know there are probably there are still people today. I know somebody I've been praying for for years that uh, said, "I won't believe in God unless they do something, you know, miraculous, something, and not just coincidental." And I said, "Then you need to pray to God." And he doesn't have to do this for you, but he, he might. And ask him to do something that's just for you. Something so specific that you can't chalk it up to, well, it was a coincidence. It was an accident. It was just, and don't tell anybody else about it. I have no idea what it is. My wife has no idea what it is. We've been praying for this person and for this thing that God will, you know, if it's God's will, that he will reveal himself through that, uh, that miraculous event to make himself real, and so it's kind of interesting listening to your your cow story. I, I love it. I, I, and uh, now, how many of us are gonna that are listening are ever gonna be able to see a cow and not think of Pam's uh, Pam's story of, of God making himself real and uh, how awesome it is though that we get those reminders all the time, everywhere we look around us.
1: And I think too, God knew I needed. Something simple, but yet something meaningful. Yeah, you know. And I've told some people that raise cattle, and they said that's very unusual behavior for a cow.
0: Interesting. Okay. It's like whoa. Wow.
1: <laughs> so you know, I mean, it, it was thirty-five years ago, and I sometimes wonder whatever happened to Cal <laughs> Forty-One. You know, but uh, Cal Forty-One lives in my heart. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. <laughs>
0: I almost made a hamburger joke, but...
1: Uh. <laughs> uh, okay, to continue... Okay, a God, this is for a God wink. Okay? Oh, okay. Here's a God wink for you. Um, about 10 years ago, I had a knee issue, and they were going to do arth- arthroscopic surgery in my knee. Uh-huh. But I had to have an EKG first. And in the EKG, they found an irregularity. And so they says, we're going to send you to a cardiologist. Well... Turns out I had a birth defect in a heart valve that caused my heart to enlarge. The next thing I would have done was had a heart attack. I was just on the verge of a heart attack. Mm. No clue. So I ended up having uh, heart surgery, open heart surgery, and they gave me a bovine valve.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so great. (laughs) So
1: it's like... Me and cows, yeah, there's something unique <laughs> and something special,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good,
1: yeah. It could have been a swine valve, yeah. It could have been an uh, what like a mechanical valve, yeah. Oh, but no, they gave me the bovine valve, wow. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> oh, I love it when God does stuff like that. That's a wink, yeah, totally. So In your timeline, you know, you had before, and then we asked you about the time, okay, here's the the, the cross moment when God made himself real to you, when you saw your need for a savior, you accept Jesus as your savior, you're you're now growing in your Christian life. Has there ever been a time when God showed up like in an unexpected way, or when you prayed something and said, Hey God, I I need this and then God I mean, in that boom. It was just powerful. It was God made himself known what is there anything like that, any story that you had to share?
1: Well, it was later on in, in my Christian walk, but uh, it's interesting how uh, I was in a Bible study, and one of the, one of the verses was um, Matthew 25, 36. I was in prison, and you visited me. Mm. And that, for some reason, those words just got into my mind, my heart, my spirit, and I couldn't not think about those words. Mm. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to look to see where there's women's ministries possible in prisons. Mm. And I looked up on the internet, and the closest women's prison I could find was Chowchilla. So I asked my husband, hey, would you be willing to go down to Chowchilla like once a month or something? And he looked at me like I had lost my mind.
0: (laughs) Where's Chowchilla?
1: (laughs) It's somewhere south far somewhere. I don't know. Okay. But it was like the close, you know, and that surprised me, you know. So I ended up at a luncheon one day, and I was listening to these two men talk about their ministry at Folsom Prison. So I turned Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. them and I said, well, that's nice. I would, wouldn't it be nice if Folsom Prison had a women's prison? And they turned to me and they said, they do. And we know the woman who's in charge of, um, Bible studies and teaching at the women's prison. Wow. And it was so here goes the doors. Open, 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 yeah. open. So when God brings something to your heart in a way to serve that you never, ever would have considered doing. Ever. <laughs> ever. Yeah. The doors just start opening. And I was, I was, well, I love to say it. Grandma had to go to prison that night, Uh, you know, when my grandkids calls. And I say, oh, I can't talk to you right now. Grandma's on her way to prison. (laughs) But uh, it was a ministry that lasted for three years until the pandemic hit. Oh, wow. But God equipped me to be there. He prepared me to be there. He led me there. It was, And I talk to women now, and they say, oh, I could never, ever... Do that kind of a ministry in a women's prison. Mm. I says, you know what? You don't know what you can do until God calls you and puts you. Amen. And uh, I still, I, I have wonderful memories of those precious, precious ladies. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of a out of the blue process. I mean, wow. I never, you know, before I before I read that verse, I would have never imagined myself in a room of forty women prisoners you know just one-on-one talking with them they were and that was that's what impressed me they were women Mm -hmm. they had the same concerns they had the same prayer requests they had the same joys as outside women right and you know and and that's part of what i learned too is you know we're all just women we're all and we're in a particular place at a particular time for a particular purpose, Right. you know? Yeah.
0: And, and that's the thing. I think that, uh, that was a big portion of what Jesus was trying to teach various times in his ministry to the, the religious leaders and such, instead of just seeing people as, well, they're vicious, vile, evil sinners that, uh, we should just write them off and never look at them again or never think about them again. these are people that Jesus Christ died for. And they need Christ just as much as any of us do. And we're not excusing the wrong things that people have done in life. And if there is a legal precedent that uh, there's a price to be paid, then it should be paid. But at the same time, we need to also reach out to those people. They are no less deserving of Jesus than anyone else. And so I think that's a great reminder for all of us to see people... As people,
1: as God's creation,
0: as yes,
1: I mean those ladies—they understood there were consequences they were going through, right? And they, you know, they understood that, but at the same time, they just—they loved the Lord. They loved studying God's Word. Mm. They uh, they brought pictures of their kids and they shared them, and yeah. A couple of the women had voices like an angel. They would just sing and just, oh, it was just a, a wonderful season mm-hmm. One, you know, that, that God gave me the opportunity to, to be.
0: Yeah. So I think we need to guard our hearts against uh, getting cold or calloused, against uh, the, quote-unquote, unlovables in our society. And we need to be open for when the Holy Spirit leads us. We need to walk through that door. No matter how scared, no matter how fearful, no matter how proud we might be feeling in that moment, if the Holy Spirit starts to move, man, we got to go where he sends us, no matter what.
1: And there's some women here at uh, Roseville Baptist that I love when they tell their stories because Mm -hmm. they've kind of been on journeys of their own, Mm -hmm. you know, where where a, a, a normal, not normal, but a someone who hasn't walked in those shoes can't understand walking in those shoes, but just hearing their stories and hearing the blessings that they've experienced and that they've seen in other people, you know, that's what, that's what believers do. We share to encourage one another. We share to strengthen and build up one another and, and God puts us together. Yeah, totally.
0: Amen. So, um, so on this timeline that we've been going through now, you've been growing as a Christian and you've been learning. Is there anything that God has brought you through, a challenge that God has helped you to overcome? Or maybe you have some advice that you say, hey, my Christian sisters, my Christian brothers that are out there, here's something I just I would love for you to know that, that God has taught you throughout your walk with Him.
1: There's always hope.
0: Mm.
1: Um, as an early early believer, I was an alcoholic. And that was a obstacle I had to face mm-hmm. and overcome with God's help. And mm-hmm. it was really interesting. He actually caused me to become allergic to alcohol.
0: Wow. Interesting. So
1: at one point, one day I could drink it, and the next day I had a rash and a headache. <laughs> and because I think God understood I was weak in that area. Mm. So my weakness could have been very, very challenging to get beyond the alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So uh, so yeah, so I actually had an allergy come on to where mm-mm, I can't do alcohol, <laughs> can't do wine, can't do hard stuff, can't do beer. Huh. It's a weird... Yeah, and it stayed with me. So I think God knows, oh yeah, she, yeah. Could, she could turn again. And yeah. then the other thing uh from my heart open heart surgery they put me on painkillers mm. well i'm sure there's a lot of people in this world that have innocently started taking painkillers and yes yep. they become addictive yep so we were visiting our kids and grandkids in texas and uh, we were at the pool and they were having a good time and it was time. For, I knew it was time for my next dose of painkillers. This was years after my heart surgery. I should not have been taking painkillers anymore. And, yep, I needed, to, I needed to go back to the house and get my little bottle of magic pills hmm. and take my pills. Hmm. And my grandkids were in the pool, and my son and his wife were at the pool. And, and I, so it was like, I don't believe this is happening. And that's when God spoke to me. He said, enough is enough. Wow. Enough is Enough. And so, yeah, I went back, took the pills, went back to the pool, but I was so uh convicted, mm. so convicted that I put that little bottle of pills ahead of my family mm. that 's what hit me the hardest, mm. the time with my grandkids. Nope, pills were more important, yeah, so um, I knew you know God had called me on it, and uh, he actually gave me. A plan of how to get off the pills, and it took six weeks. I did it on my own. I had a lot of women and sisters in the Lord surrounding me and praying, but uh six weeks and i and haven't had one since, so mm. it uh yeah, that, that was some tough stuff, you know, but only because I couldn't have done it on my own. yeah, no way, but it started with that conviction, you know,
0: yeah. And you were saying that there's always hope. Then is mm-hmm. there? And you you had other people around you. Mm-hmm. You were saying. And so what? How did that community revive that hope in you? And you were feeling I, I'm not going to make it. You know. You said it took several weeks until it was finally okay. Now we're past the hardest part. But that that community of people, the Lord, what what, what was happening in your heart for somebody that may right now be starting there.
1: Two their weeks, journey. six weeks,
0: eight weeks, two yeah. six months or whatever it may be for them to finally put this behind them. If they're struggling right now, what was it that got you through? I
1: had Sisters in the Lord that said, if you need to talk, call. Yeah. If you need support, let me know. And uh, it was hard for me to reach out, but just knowing that they were there if if I really hit the skids, mm, um, mm. that they they really cared, they prayed, mm-hmm. they um, they did all the the stuff. But uh, God did the work. Mm. And uh, yeah, for anybody out there that's listening, that's contemplating getting disconnected from your your pain meds, don't cold turkey it. Yeah, there's a process. You know, get some advice and, and just do it the right way because mm-hmm. even doing it the right way six weeks it was a very uncomfortable time absolutely so uh yeah i mean i at first thought oh, i'm just gonna cold turkey this mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't work our bodies are very right funny that way
0: Yeah, and you're absolutely right that this has become, you know, it's even become a big national conversation the last few years about the opioid epidemic that has been happening Mm -hmm. in our country and and around the world. And so whatever it may be that you might be struggling with, if you're listening right now, um, whether it's alcohol, whether it's painkillers, whether it's uh, pornography, whether it's anything that's going on in your life. Don't try to do this alone. You know, God says in the book of James that we need to bear our burdens to one another. We need to have some around us. You know, in, in the Old Testament, there's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There were three Hebrew young men who they were able to stand up against uh, all the peer pressure of idolatry because together they could stand. And the Bible is very, very clear that when one is alone and he falls, woe unto him because he is alone. He has no one to help him get up. But if you have two or three others around you, then you can stand. And then you'll be able to really have that strength and be able to find someone else. And God is there with you always, but I know sometimes it's... God gave us the church. God gave us one another because he knew that sometimes we need that phone call. We need actual, an actual voice. Uh, we need someone to come over and, and, and slap something out of our hand. <laughs> we, need, we need someone to really, really just be there physically, and he is always there with us spiritually. And so whatever it might be, I encourage you reach out to us. Reach out to us here at the church. Find someone if you—I don't know where you might be listening from. Find a church close by where you live, whatever it is. But get some people around you to help you overcome through the power of God.
1: I heard a uh, message one time ca- about the the stretcher bearers. So mm. when the uh, paralel- paralytic man was lowered through the roof of the house when Jesus was inside the house mm-hmm. preaching. There were stretcher bearers that were up there on the roof. They weren't emotionally involved. They weren't related to the person on the stretcher. They were objective, and they were able to perform their task Mm -hmm. and lower that stretcher down. So sometimes we might need stretcher bearers in our life. Yeah. But then I also feel there's times where we become a stretcher bearer for someone else. Amen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so with that also, if you're listening and you're thinking, hey, you know, I, I've overcome something or it's maybe something I haven't struggled with but but I can be there for someone else, then, then be looking around, be asking the Holy Spirit to lead you to, uh, to someone that you can help because we're all in this together and that's why God made us the body of Christ because we need each other to help get through these trying times. Well, um, I kind of started off by asking you what initially brought you here, and we, you came to our church on the field. Uh, but what's, what's got you excited about the future of God's kingdom uh, and then here locally at, at this church? And what, what are you excited about seeing God do in the upcoming days?
1: You know, um, truly, this, this congregation of people is my family now. Mm. and uh, there's a con- I have a connection with many, many of the people here at this. It's a small church, but that I was saved in a very small chapel mm-hmm. in Scotland, and uh, so I kind of see Roseville Baptist Church as coming full circle. Mm. I was in the big church for a while. I was out of church for a while, and now I'm back into a small church again. And uh, for myself... God knew this is what I needed. Mm. So, uh, he brought brought me here and the people are just so loving and so open and so precious and uh and I've only been coming since July, I think June or July. But it's like I this is my home.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: really every Sunday morning, man, I'm I'm on my way meet my family. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that's the way it's supposed to be. A, a church body is meant to be a family. And even as a church grows and becomes a large church, you can still have that family-like atmosphere and various small groups and things like that. Um, and so, but I just, that—that that is what we're supposed to be. And we need everyone because we all have, as we've talked about, different talents, different gifts, different experiences, different life that we've gone through. But together, we make up this this wonderful, unique, eclectic, body of jesus christ and it's it's incredible when you think about sometimes all the various points of view and how they can all come together but when we keep our center our head as jesus then it doesn't matter where we've come from because we have that immediate commonality that immediate family dna in christ and And it
1: is we do i really believe we have god's dna within us yeah yeah. Which links us together.
0: Amen. Anything else that you'd like to share with uh, people listening? To any other stories that you got? I know that you've written all kinds of devotionals uh, over the years. A few of them you've shared with me, and I have enjoyed reading them and just being able to. It's oftentimes something that I've preached about, and you're like, hey, I wrote something about that. Or <laughs> and uh, just what a blessing it's been to be able to read some of those things that God has inspired you to write.
1: Well, I always pray first, and I say, "Lord, just open my eyes, and my ears, and my heart to see a special, unique message." Mm. And it can be as simple as I'm walking down along the creek, and I'll pray, "Lord, I haven't had a inspired thought for a while," and all of a sudden, I hear the water running, and I think of living water. Huh. And yeah. so Amen. there it goes. You know, I, I'll write a devotional about living water, and then, uh, I mean, just rainbows and salt on the table and uh, it's simple things you know mm-hmm. like uh the roots of an oak tree you know compared to our root in faith of faith roots you know and uh the s- different types of soils and yeah I'm a, i guess i do a lot of writing about nature
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh I also write about being an ambassador, the responsibility that goes with being an ambassador. Oh yeah, Benjamin Franklin was an ambassador. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, it's a it's a responsibility, and we're all given the responsibility to be ambassadors for Christ. Amen. So yeah.
0: Well, great. Well, thanks for sharing with us today, and. If you are interested in sharing your story, I encourage you to reach out to us or if there's any questions or if you'd like some support about whatever God is doing in your life and God is teaching you, leading you, or if you'd like prayer about anything, please reach out to us at 916-572-2322. You can call, you can text 916-572-2322. Once again, this is I Love to Tell the Story. This is a place that we love to give God and our Savior Jesus Christ all the praise because he is worthy. Let us continue to declare his mighty acts to all who will listen. God bless, and we'll see you next time.